1: Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 Bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Haw. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. Driving inside. Why tie a career high when you can get a new one? Ooh, this is a statement game from Boo Booey. It's Shannon deep three. splashing home. He's got 19. That was deep right there from Terran Shannon. Shannon, 19 second half points. Going to work again. <laughs> two for two. Even though he's coming off the ball screen going right, he wants to get back to that left. The crossover dribble and this explosion just so impressive from Terrence Shannon. Northwestern down a pair. On the road, Bowie around the screen, picked up by Hawkins on the switch. Six seconds to go, Bowie on the drive, blocked, thrown out, Shannon, fouled, 2.7 to play in Champagne, And the Illini closing in on the win. The give to Bowie, the three. And Illinois overcomes their largest deficit of the season. Down 18 at the break to get the 66-62 win. Start your mornings with Mully and Hawk, 5.30 till
3: 10 a.m. I think that Illinois has more to lose than Northwestern, if that makes any sense. I think they might be a little bit more desperate, and I think Illinois might win this game. On 670 The
1: Score. Alexa plays
3: Zach Zaidman. Would, be great? That would he, be great if he was also a singer-songwriter? <laughs> no one knows what it's like to be a ginger. Well, not everyone does. Let's go! Wow, an oldie but a goodie! I don't know what that was said. But what a delight to have the ginger hair genius himself, Mr. Zach Zayman, with us this morning. Zach, good morning, buddy!
0: A hey, pleasant good morning to you, my good buddy. <laughs> I'll bet you were feeling great about your Illini prediction at halftime when they were down by 18.
3: Uh, you know, I was, did, did both you guys take Northwestern? Is that why we're playing that? Because I thought that was a fairly standard, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think I knew enough about the game to really make a prediction, but I dutifully went with it. Um, I feel like Northwestern, that's, that's one that you'll have great regret about. That's one on the bus ride home where you'd just be banging your head into a window because y- you had that game and all you needed was a shot here, a shot there, and uh, and you know kudos to Illinois that was an amazing comeback and and I mean even into the into the second half it was like 54-37 or something I remember I was like looking at it like this, this like you are getting to a point where there weren't going to be enough. There wasn't going to be enough time to come back, and then all of a sudden, Northwestern got stuck. Did they get stuck at fifty-seven or fifty, whatever? And uh, and here come the Illini, and Terrence Shannon Jr. had a great game, and I've I've been a big fan of his. I saw him play at Lincoln Park High School back in the day, before he went to IMG, before he went to Texas Tech, mm-hmm. uh, because the Ramblers were were. Um, recruiting him and i just wanted to take a look at him and uh i wasn't far from there and i i went to a game and you know i love watching players who i love seeing the high school kids back in when i first started working in in sports uh arena sports writing at the time i worked for taylor bell and i would go to a ton of high school games and then you'd watch you know what happens to those players and some of them you'd see in college and some of them would fizzle out, and then every once in a while, you'd, you'd see a guy playing in the NBA. It was pretty cool.
0: So Terrence Shannon was coming off a concussion.
3: Yes. So he had f- missed a couple games.
0: Right. In yeah. the first half, looked a little rusty, as did Illinois, but he's a, a big part of their perimeter game. And the Illini went 0 for 11 from three-point range in the first half. In the second half, Shannon lights it up. I mean, that's the kind of player that started Lincoln Park, not only on the basketball floor, but he was a a terrific football player as well. Originally committed to DePaul before deciding to go to Texas Tech and then came back. Is that
3: before he went to IMG? Is that... Because he, didn't he take a year down there in yes. Florida? And that's A lot he, of guys
0: do that. They go to prep school. And then. They, and a
3: lot of guys have declared for DePaul and then wound up somewhere else.
0: But Tim Anderson, the guy who was the, the primary recruiter at the time at DePaul, is now one of the assistant coaches at Illinois. So the, oh, okay. those connections with the transfer portal, it's changed the whole landscape yes. uh, of, of college sports. So Shannon comes back home. 26 points last night. 24 of those points coming in the second half where he lit it up from three point territory. I believe Illinois shot better than 50% from behind the arc in the second half. Furious comeback. That's a huge win against Northwestern.
3: You said Tim Anderson is the recruiter. Is that what you said? Yes. Now, different guy. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: We'll get to that guy, oh, too.
3: All right. I, you, you had me confused. He's in the news, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, he should be. Yeah. Is he not the best player on the South Side?
3: I would hope so. He has to be available, and he has to be healthy and all that stuff. But, yeah, I think he's going to have a good year. I hope he's going to have a good year. He's talking like he's going to have a good year. Um, but I, I didn't. You, you confused me. when you. I thought maybe you were saying the wrong name or you got confused. Because I don't think the shortstop's recruiting basketball players, although he himself was a basketball
0: player. Well, you nicknamed me the genius, right? That's right. Yeah. So I should have known. Uh-huh.
3: That's right. I, I did that because of your overpowering intellect.
0: <laughs> so speaking of Northwestern, big wins this season at Madison, Columbus, East oh Lansing, gosh. Bloomington, right?
3: They got seven? Is it eight? Uh, quad one wins? They get a lot. Yes. They're going to the tournament, buddy.
0: Boo-booey. Phenomenal game last night, but what's made Northwestern North Northwestern this season is terrific defense throughout, yep. and that eluded them in the second half last yes. night. And they've also had great backcourt play, a tandem, not just Bowie, but Chase Audige. And from an offensive standpoint, Audige did not give them what they needed to supplement the great game that Bowie was having, and that's why they ended up on on the short end of things. But... Again, that you cannot cannot state this enough. Huge, huge, huge win for Illinois, considering the circumstances.
3: Yeah, Illinois moves into what? Fourth place in the uh, Big Ten, something like that. And there are how many teams that get the double bye? Four. So that'd be a nice spot to be by the time the tournament begins, the Big Ten tournament.
0: Agreed. Yeah.
3: yeah. So it's a huge win for Illinois, and it was – you know as Dustin said yesterday probably more needed for Illinois than for uh Northwestern. Dustin did you stay up and stand up?
4: I did. Needed to stand up. Especially especially at halftime I thought, boy, if this he is not down, the, he falls this is not the mammoth game that I was uh, hoping yeah. and predicting yeah. that it would be. <laughs> this is going to be a uh, lights out and I'm glad that I decided to uh to stay with it. It was re- I was rewarded. Yeah.
0: Because Illinois came out surging right at the start of the second half. Yes. And then it looked like Northwestern was able to stabilize things right. for a little bit.
4: And 18's bit. a lot. Like in the NBA, you know, they can, they can wipe Erase out an 18-point lead, minutes, no problem. Yeah, but easily. 18 in college, that's a, that's a yeah. big lead.
3: Yeah, You can usually manipulate things a little bit. Get yourself a T.O., as we say in the business, baby. <laughs> and, uh, and you can kind of find a way, drop a play, et cetera. But it just the cats just kind of fell apart in the second half, and once the game got close, and that you know it, that is college sports. Frankly, you know when you watch college football, you see it mo- most often. In the NFL, you don't see these momentum shifts that happen in college football or in any college sports, where it is really hard when when you are when you're running, it's really it feels great. But when you're under siege, it's really hard to reverse that again. It's a hard thing to do.
0: Do you wonder if that would have happened, that, that terrific comeback by Illinois, yep. if that game is playing out that way in Evanston?
3: Oh, there's no – they beat them by 15 in Evanston. And, and they beat them in a similar fashion. They mm-hmm. got more from, from uh, the other guard. You're right. But nonetheless, they did win handily at home, and they've been winning at home.
0: And on the road, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier oh, yeah, just yeah. the the big wins no, that they've had.
3: Uh, but that was a that, that was a raucous. That, yeah, uh, the building went nuts. The Illini know? Crush yes. was going bananas. Yes. last yes. night the Orange Crush.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: the uh, I I L L. Yeah, there's only
0: there's a reason I I didn't call him the Orange Crush. Why is that? Because there's only one orange.
3: Oh, look at you! You are fantastic. Yeah, you just reeled me in. you're not bad altogether.
0: When you were watching the game last Mm -hmm. night, and at halftime, all the experts on the Big Ten Network are talking about how great Northwestern is. This is a really, really good team. This is a team that can win some games. I said this the other day. I believe Northwestern is equipped. The way they're set up with that defense and that backcourt, this is a team that could get to the Sweet 16. It wouldn't be a surprise. Mm -hmm. Just based on the way they've played this season, there's enough of a body of work. Does any of that change? All, all the stuff they said about how good Northwestern no. is.
3: No, it doesn't change. I don't think it changes. Do you? I do not. Yeah. No, I, I you know, I really took that. and again, I watched the first half. I didn't stand up for the second half. <laughs> I retired when it seemed like it was over, and I, uh, I, I watched all the highlights when I woke up mm-hmm. because it just didn't feel like a ga- David even texted saying um you know he gave a big meow because that's him and Dustin that's their little thing together they they kind of lick their little paws and they do they have this weird kind of cats thing going
0: I don't want to know about Dustin yeah, and David after strange. dark
3: Yeah um but no they they had their meow thing going mm-hmm. and I and I I it, it was like the buzzing of that kind of uh well, like I was in I did not stand up Dustin and I was ready to sleep and so i did but when i got up i, I actually i think it was about twelve thirty or so where i popped up and and checked the score so let me get this and straight i was very surprised
0: at halftime you go like this clapper turns off everything That's in the it. mully household right no,
3: clapper <laughs> no at, at halftime i hand the channel changer to mrs mulligan and then i retreat
4: well, see, I would have lost that battle. If I had happened to have been in my bedroom, there was no shot I was getting to watch a second
3: of that game. I wasn't watching in my bedroom. I was watching it in the living room. I I told you about what happened with my television. Oh, no. I got a new TV, which is hugely exciting, and I'm going to spend the weekend trying to figure out how to get it going because it's it's difficult. There are more bells and whistles. I'm I'm just I'm going to need to read something and figure this out like I'm going back to reading like how television was created. I'm going to start at the beginning and I'm going to get myself all organized. But it you know getting a new television is like getting a new computer. You just have to figure out how you what the shortcuts are, how to get through it. And I I'm going to do I'm going to spend some time on that, buddy. I didn't have time to do it during the week um because I'm I'm pretty tied up. So uh I will get that done. But I moved the old TV upstairs, and I unplugged the, the small TV, and I had this big TV, but we had nothing to put it on. Oh. So we have this old thing from, like, a, an apartment we had 20 years ago that's down in the basement, and my wife's like, oh, that thing will work. And I said, that thing's made of glass. And she's like, it's tempered glass. And I'm like, I don't think you should put a TV on that. Uh-oh. Anyway, we got upstairs. We put the TV on it. It's oh, no. Perfect. Oh, Everything's no. great. And then the whole thing collapses. <laughs> yes. And we and we have, like, glass in the bedroom, which was, it wasn't, like, the the top thing did not break because it is tempered glass, but the one on the bottom, which is, like, built in, mm-hmm. it cracked. Oh. So we had to make sure there was no glass anywhere and, you know. Now it's just- anyway, now the thing's on the floor. I gotta find some cabinet type thing. I'll find something else in the house to hold it up, and uh, and then I'll watch TV in bed. The pro- I hate watching television in bed, Dustin, for the reason you said. I the minute the minute I get comfortable, I sleep. I don't like you know we're operating in a sleep deficit, so I just don't ever actually watch TV if I'm in bed because I immediately go to sleep.
0: Now, between us, it's just yeah. us talking. Just now, us girls, yeah. Did you, was there a sense of fulfillment and happiness that you were right and the wife was wrong?
3: About what? Oh, no, 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 no. No. You know, here's the thing.
4: Did you need that video replay thing they've been no. advertising on TV <laughs> no, no, with no, their, no. The,
3: the red flag no, the we, challenge. We, the challenge? You know, we were looking, the two of us together were looking for a method of not spending money because we've got like a lot of kids and Mm -hmm. college and stuff. So we, we are always very anxious to not waste money. And this idea that that would work. I I mean, the minute she said it, I'm like, of course it'll work. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I didn't think, Hey, Zach, I'm the guy who carried everything upstairs. Okay. Yes. So, I mean, like if I'm putting, uh, you know, my, my, uh, my frail, Uh, back uh, up against it, going up three flights of stairs, I'm on board, okay? The problem was then I had to drag all that stuff out to the – I mean, it just ended up being – And clean everything. It ended up being a nightmare. But, no, my wife is significantly smarter than me, and she runs the show, and I am merely uh, the kind of footman, you know? I kind of – she runs the household. So if the maid is arguing with the butler, she gets involved immediately. Uh, I am. I'm, I'm just the. You know, she is the the uh, president of Mulligan Enterprises. I am the lone employee. That is the the way that we separate. I am not. I am too smart to turn on her because of a questionable decision. I. I mean, I was right there with her. Hey, that is a good way of saving money. I'm all over it. <laughs> all right. So that's part one.
0: Part two. I get very frustrated when I have to read a huge instruction booklet yeah. when it comes to a new gadget while right. I'm trying to learn how to use it. Because I, I, I want it to work, work my way immediately. You are a lot more level-headed, calm, cool, collected than I am in those situations. When you try to operate this new television, yeah. how are you going to stay calm When it doesn't initially do the things you want it to do.
3: Listen, this is a, this is a, uh, (laughs) this is sort of a task of joy. You know, Uh, the bottom line is that, believe it or not, I got like this research thing. I I am, it's probably, you'd probably call it OCD, but I I like to think of it as kind of focus. And I, I will stick into something and give it all of my attention all of my energy and all of my thought. So, so you're obsessed. I well, I when I get into something, like if I read a book by someone, I will pretty much read everything the guy's written if I like it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't. I'm not like, oh, I'll try a little of that and I'll try a little of this. I'm more like all in, all in or all out. Right. You know, that's just my the nature of my personality, and so it it can be a problem if you have like a. Hard deadline, and then, as I'm saying, you go back to the history of television. It's not, it's not beyond the, the, the pal that I would actually do something like that <laughs> and try to figure out how to make, like, a circuit board of some kind. It, that's just the – it's kind of the way I approach things. So I will do the research happily, and I will read the – and I will have no frustration about it. And I, I – you know, I had a really fun day yesterday because I watched uh, Man United play Barcelona – on the Spanish station, and I could, have, I could have just made sure that all of the apps are on the TV and everything, but I, I got to do that this weekend. So I, it, it, as a result, I just watched the game in Spanish, didn't understand what they were saying, but understood the flow of the game and, you know, the excitement of the guy and everything. It was fun. It was really fun.
0: Do you find your Spanish getting any better?
3: No, I've been watching soccer on the Spanish station since I was about eight, and it's never helped. It's never like I've never learned anything in terms of just being able to speak Spanish better.
0: One of my favorite stories is Wilmer Flores, big leaguer, different teams over the course of his career. He didn't know much English, started watching Friends.
3: And he learned English and he learned
0: English. And that's why his walk up music is the theme song for Friends. Right.
3: That's a fantastic story. Is that all it takes? It worked for him. I mean, but I mean, like, given that restriction, I, shouldn't I be watching some soap opera or something that's very expressive? I, and that, you know what I, I mean? I think you like, would
0: enjoy watching some of the soap operas. Like
3: the problem when you're watching, you know, a, a soccer game is that much of it is like you know, "Lidicad, Lidicad!" Like they're they're yelling <laughs> names out, like. <laughs> You know, you get that, and Lineker played for, like, Lineker must be 70, but I remember watching his name being mentioned, because the guy said it pretty funny, Um, but there's a lot of that going on, right? There's a lot of, you know.
0: I didn't think that Smelly Cat would teach someone how to be able to navigate the English language, but apparently it
3: worked. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, and and uh, and Richmo checks and it says that uh, I got to let him know. Uh, I, this is like Rogers going into darkness. It's me going into a television retreat. <laughs> it's very funny. He came out yesterday of the of the allegedly,
0: retreat. but we have we have not heard from him since.
3: Okay, so you think he's he's like a little shy to to blurt out anything? He came. What, what if he really did like stare into the abyss? <laughs> And come to some horrible conclusion about life. <laughs> <laughs> the horror. The horror. Aaron Rodgers has emerged today.
0: What is it about Green Bay that would compel someone uh, during the offseason as an escape to go into a darkness retreat?
3: <laughs> we got accused of making fun of that yesterday. And apparently,
0: Green like, Bay or the combat
3: fighters and martial arts use the uh, darkness retreat. It is, it is a really good thing. So I'm guessing that Rogers, at the next press conference, he's going like, to show up with like, numb Johnson. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Watch what you say.
0: Do you think Ryan Poles, George <laughs> McCaskey, and, and the highest levels of the Bears organization should go to a darkness retreat and figure out what to do? Do we keep Justin Fields? Do we draft a quarterback? Do we trade Fields? What do we do here?
3: The reason I couldn't go on a darkness retreat, I, I mean, I was i was in college and I was in Greece, and we were in the <laughs> Greek Isles. And it was like I kept, like, I couldn't get my hands on a newspaper. And there were no, like, there was nothing, you know, information-wise that you could get. So I couldn't get, like, and I kept thinking, like, like, the world could be going through a massive crisis, and I'm here not knowing anything. That would be my problem with a darkness retreat. Like, I just kind of need to know what's happening. The idea that, you know, it rained, it rained ham? How did that happen? <laughs> you know, you just come out and you find out, weather balloon? What, what do you mean balloon? They shot it down. How much was the missile? I just think there's too much... <laughs> There's too much weird stuff that goes on that you got to be half aware of.
0: I'm always looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh huh. I don't want to go in the other direction.
3: There you go. There you go. Right? Yeah. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I want to see the light. Yeah. You are such a positive individual. I, you know, I bet there's no such thing as a darkness retreat in your world. <laughs> no. <laughs> it wouldn't even. <laughs> a- it's
0: just sort of a. An orange hewn. I, I would save a lot of money because I don't think I'd need the sunblock <laughs> to go to the darkness retreat compared to all the other vacations I take. But
3: oh, the beautiful. appeal
0: to me of of sitting in the dark for four consecutive days. I mean, I know there's a queen-size bed. Yeah. I know there's a lot of space. I know that there's a yoga mat, which is great. You, yeah, You can do yoga by the beach, and I think you can... It, there's a sense of are you calmness. a beach
3: guy do you like it is that where you would choose to go
0: i i think there is a serenity okay when the weather's nice when there's water huh. sand i mean you were talking about the greek isles and all i'm thinking about it the, the beautiful beaches
3: yeah they're beautiful beautiful yeah
0: i'm thinking of santorini
3: oh ridiculous Ibiza. look at you you belong there dancing.
0: I mean, there's not, you put a little sunblock on, a hat. I can handle it.
3: See, I, I, I could use a, like, I would love a hotel retreat where you just go into a hotel with light. With, but I'd have to be able to read. <laughs> and I'd need, like, different places where I could do some reading. And that would be fun. That would be really, really enjoyable. I, ha- I had an old girlfriend years ago. We went on a, a trip and I. Tend to go for the shade. I I would rather sit under a tree than sit out in the sun just because I get a really red hot tan. It doesn't, you know. It, it yeah, can I've been be there. I, I know. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so I, I, like I I'd be like, yeah, I'll go there. Why don't we stand over here? Like I and it wasn't going on. It was like, no, let's go frolic in the water. You know. Well, there's no shade there. Rather the shade, buddy. Not a beach guy. That's just me. Don't like sand in the sheets. Don't like any kind of oh, sand anywhere. It's, I mean,
0: you, you can have an umbrella. Yeah. There's a boardwalk at some of these places. You don't have to necessarily step on the sand.
3: Yeah. Okay. Not me. It's
0: better it, than darkness.
3: I, I don't mind. I don't mind the sun, but I don't want to be in it that long. Okay? Not you. I'm different.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't say I, I I don't just go out there and, and stand in the you, sun. You basically
3: I, you you described there's usually, yourself. There's usually as, a
0: canopy of some kind. Yeah, um, a balcony. Good food. It, what are you eating in the darkness retreat? The way he they, described it, they bring him food. They, they said there's a little there's a little slit somewhere in the, one of the walls or the doors. And they just deliver your food. <laughs>
3: do they? Do they take out his bucket?
0: No. There's there's a working there's a working toilet.
3: I just meant he had like a bucket of slop to eat. Wow. Why did you go that way? I know there's a working toilet. It's awful. All right. We'll we'll clear our minds of that image, and <laughs> uh, and we're gonna get to all the big stories of the day, including the Illini with a big win. It's. Uh, it's the pick six next. It's Mullion Hall. We have the great Zach Zayman on Chicago Sports Radio, 6 7 to the score. It's Pick 6
1: with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now.
4: Do you believe Patrick Beverley will be able to jumpstart a playoff run starting tonight at the UC? Do the Bulls win tonight? Will they win both games over the weekend? Uh,
3: you know, I I know that I should be cynical, and I know that I'm I'm stumbling into Tristan Thompson ground here uh, by by <laughs> thinking that the beyond mediocre is actually the unicorn, and and I I understand what is happening to me, but I am firmly convinced that that Patrick Beverly is gonna turn it all around, baby that things are going to be totally different now that Patrick Beverly has arrived. I think for sure they're going to win tonight, and I believe they're going to win both games. And I think we're going to be in here Monday talking about the battle back to 500. This is one of the worst ideas I've ever had. I understand that I'm getting caught up in nonsense and that I'm insane for doing so, but i got to tell you, as, as we sit here right now, I would... It actually went through my mind that we should do like a a show wager of like twenty five dollars. We all kick in a couple bucks and twenty five dollars bulls to win, and we just roll it over because this could be the twenty three straight wins to end the season.
4: All right. Well, the bulls are a one point favorite tonight, according to your guys over at Bet Rivers, Molly. So. There you go. First uh, first wager, Bulls minus one against the Nets. And if you're interested, the total on this one is uh, 226. And they don't have him out yet, but there will be a bunch of uh, Patrick Beverly props that might be fun to take a look and to see what the people over at Rivers even, think about that. It doesn't
3: even matter what he, do, what he does in the game, what he can do. It matters only that he's here. All
4: right. Um, does he jumpstart a playoff run? I guess if you... A win is the way to get to the postseason, obviously. So they win tonight. They win Sunday at the Wizards. When you guys get back here on Monday morning, they are they are two and zero, and the six game losing streak is kaput.
0: I will gladly take your money. So Molly, <laughs> just <laughs>
3: Zach is booking it. What if we just go with the two games? No way. Okay. You've watched this team. I have. I've watched him lose six straight games, and I've, I see how, how passionless they are.
0: Even if you get a Patrick Beverly renaissance, and he's no longer Mr. 94 feet, as he was early on in his career, where he was such a great defender, he locked you down every inch of the court, that's no longer the case. Even if he provides a little bit of a spark, he's not going to do it offensively. He's been a terrible offensive player. He no longer consistently hits those open shots, and that was his strength, right? Great defensive player. If he's open, he's going to sting you from the perimeter. That no longer happens on a regular basis. For the Bulls to be good, the guys that you've been begging to be good all season long have to be good, and they have not been able to do that. You need somehow for DeRozan and Levine and Vooch to work together as beautifully, making that music that they made during the first half of last season. But that's that's not there anymore. It's not. And you cannot expect to win consistently playing basketball at any level, but especially the NBA, if you can't knock down threes. And they can't.
3: This, these are the 23 most important games of LeBron's life. I think that's what you're
2: forgetting. <laughs> Okay, next question.
4: What do you make of Tim Anderson's time in the spotlight this early preseason? The latest was in an interview with friend of the program, Scott Merkin, where Anderson's saying he's eager to get his future sorted and wants to remain with the White Sox. Would it be a good idea to extend him now with a couple years' option on him?
0: Yes. I, I do think that there's a lot there. The only issue with Anderson has been his ability to stay healthy. Because when he is healthy, he's a terrific player. And you miss him mightily when he's out with any kind of injury. And that was definitely the case last season. I think what I make of Tim Anderson being in the news this week is sometimes you're a good person. You forget that a conversation you're having with someone is being heard by millions of other people. And you may think a certain way, which is fine. But sometimes it's not best to say out loud the way you think. And, and I think ultimately, if he could do it again, he probably would phrase things a little bit differently, even though clearly he doesn't feel any different than what he said publicly,
4: if that makes sense. No,
3: that's good. Well,
4: shortstop, as we saw this past off season, is an ultra-premium position in Major League Baseball. I mean, they all get paid very well, but the shortstop gets paid really, really well. So, I'm sure he, Anderson, looks at a 10-year, $325 million contract and says, well, I want some of that. Thank you very much. Who, who wouldn't? But what, what, where would you even think the, the negotiating begins? Like four years...
3: How 80 Tim? million Tim's 29 right
4: yeah four years 80 million I'm just I'm asking like what what is good for the socks and what is good for Tim because I think Tim feels like he's been paid significantly less than he should have been paid over the last couple of years but at the time you know that that was one that's a check mark for the socks like they, they 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 thought the guy was decent enough but he was you know he was going to grow up they signed him had a couple of decent years um i mean you could do a lot worse than tim anderson but I mean, t- tim anderson's best position might not be shortstop and i don't i wonder what tim anderson on the open market uh, you know fetches if you will
3: this segment is brought to you by finishing chicago all great finishes start with finishingchicago.com. i find this really interesting because i think that um Keeping Tim Anderson happy is important for the White Sox. And I personally think he should be around here longer than the two years remaining on his deal. So, the two option years, they, they know they have them for $9 million a year, I believe it is, over the next two years. Dustin, that sounds about right. You know, four or five years for $80 to $100 million, that would be a really good deal. And that might make him really happy. And that might, you know, allow you then to go out and and do another deal for somebody for more money without risking uh, ostracizing your shortstop. So I I think that I think that Tim's value is probably as low as it's gonna be right now. I think he's gonna get significantly better this year and he's gonna have a good year and he'll be healthy and, and he'll be okay. I, I think this if you really like him and you like everything about him, then this might be an opportunity. You know it's great that a guy says he wants to stay. That's wonderful and if you if you are uh, smart about it, maybe we're talking about him getting a real value deal uh, for the White Sox in four or five years. I asked Lance Lynn this exact question.
4: The White Sox will start Lance Lynn Saturday in their Cactus league opener and manager Pedro Grafffol said it was too early to declare a regular season opener. But how do you feel about Grafol's unsolicited evaluation of Mike Clevenger's live batting practice performance?
1: Clevenger looked really good. I was really really pleased uh, with how he threw the ball.
4: Do you believe the Sox plan on playing this guy, even if he is under investigation by MLB, for domestic abuse and child abuse?
3: Key word there, unsolicited. I mean, that was the first guy he talked about. He just came out evaluating the practice and talked about Mike Clevenger that tells me they think he's playing that tells me that they're planning on playing him I I believe that the way I I I have said this before and I'll stand by it I don't want to see the guy in a White Sox uniform I don't want to see him pitch for the White Sox and uh and everybody gets on you oh you're you know convicting him before there was even been a charge well there have been some charges there's been some horrible things said about the guy and uh and I think it's a super bizarre kind of situation. The Sox apparently peeved uh, with various people about various response to this. Oh, yeah, shh, don't say anything about the war. I did it once, but I think we got away with it. Yeah, give me a break, man. Give me a break. This is, this guy's on the team. I don't blame Pedro Grafal. This guy's on the team, apparently pitched pretty good. They got him on the team, and they're apparently they don't believe that MLB is going to suspend him. Because they're going to rely on him. Problem is, the minute you rely on a guy like that, that's when you're let down. So I wish they had gone in a different direction immediately. This is not one that I'm I'm following with any uh, with any joy.
4: Well, you said it right there, Molly. I, I mean, what what do you want Pedro Graffold to do? He is not in a position like Tony Larusa would potentially be in a position to be like. You know, I went to Jerry and I said I, I want nothing to do with this guy. Okay. Patrographol.
3: Wouldn't they say that if that's how they felt, though? Wouldn't who? Anyone. That, I, you know, Rick I, when he talked. Uh, this guy when he's talking. I'm just saying. Well, that, it also I plan it, on if using we, him is my point.
4: Right. If we believe the reporting, okay. We, we had we had the reporter on from SI, and she really is pinning this on MLB. This is all MLB, and she she went out of her way to say, hey, just listen. If the White Sox were to do what a vast amount of people would like them to do, which is just say, here's your $12 million and get out of our camp, okay? That Major League Baseball would frown upon that. It would be very upset with the White Sox for doing such a thing. So I think the White Sox deserve your criticism. I think Clevenger deserves criticism. But Major League Baseball also deserves criticism equally. And so, listen, while he is in camp, I think Griffo needs to... Use him because that's the fifth starter right now until told otherwise by Major League Baseball.
0: Griffol's just an employee, right? So, and and almost, I know he has the title of manager, but when you look at the overall hierarchy, he's really a middle manager. There's the GM, and then there's the, the field manager, which is what Griffole is. And his job is to make sure that he's managing the employees that he's given. He didn't hire them. Right, So I think that's what he's doing. But like Mully said, and and Dustin, you outlined this very well, too. It's just awkward. The whole situation is yep. awkward. And somehow, Graffole has to make it work if this guy's on the team, which at least at this point, I, I'm surprised. I thought there's no way that Griffol would be there to start spring training let alone be there to begin the regular season with the White Sox. But it appears as though that's going to be the case because you wouldn't spend time talking about someone like this if you didn't feel they were around. So that's part one of this. The other is what you mentioned about Lance Lynn and how Graffol would not commit to him as being the opening day starter. Wouldn't that tell you Dylan Cease is the guy?
3: Well... Shouldn't Dylan Cease be the guy? He was second in Cy Young uh, balloting last year. I mean, I I would make Dylan Cease the guy. But, Me too. You know, I don't, and I don't know if there is some veteran juju that you have to first kind of bow to, but I, I or think he's, Cease is their best pitch.
4: Or he's in, in line to get a new big contract and you don't want to have another checkmark in his box that he got the ball on opening day, perhaps.
3: You know, that's a really good question. Of them, if that's true. Not you, Dustin. You're very strong.
4: Where are you with White Sox new first baseman Andrew Vaughn? Do you like hearing Pedro Grafol say Vaughn has been working his butt off despite merely returning to his natural position? Vaughn has made 179 starts in the outfield. His first two years in the bigs. Is it time to be comfortable at this spot?
0: I'm a big fan of a manager saying, no, you know, this guy's been so lazy. I wish he would just put in the time and and go to work. I think you have to be excited if you're a White Sox fan when it comes to Andrew Vaughn, because the, the fact that he's got one position, his natural position, that's all he has to worry about. And you look at what he's done moving around all over the place early on in his big league career. I mean, last year, this guy hit 271. 17 home runs, 76 RBIs, and I think anyone who watched the White Sox on a regular basis would say that was just scratching the surface of what he can be. Now, imagine where you don't have to worry about playing any other position but the one that you've grown up playing your entire life and you know you can swing the stick. There's a lot to be excited about when it comes to Andrew Vaughn.
4: Yeah, uh, he would be probably, if I had to pick, he would be my favorite White Sox, Andrew Vaughn. He's He's got a big year ahead of him. And I think being comfortable is really going to pay off for him. A lot of shock if you're watching on Twitch that uh, I picked a favorite White Sox. <laughs> um, I think this is good for him, not having to play the outfield and not worry about that. You know, But I'd love to know your feelings on this, especially Mully. You know, we've talked a lot about the problem that the White Sox have in right field. Is Andrew Vaughn a better option in right field than what they have right now?
3: Then Oscar Colas? Well,
4: because he's so unproved. Like, I mean, he could strike out a gazillion times. We just don't know. Like, I'm saying, would they be better off with a guy who can play the position, you know, and get another first baseman
3: in here? Yeah, I, I you know. Uh...
4: Or would they have been better off keeping Abreu around and having, you know, Andrew Vaughn in right field?
3: Yeah, I don't think they're better off with... I, I I don't want to see Gavin Sheets in right field, let alone Andrew Vaughn in right field. I I don't want to see any more first baseman, DH-type You want guys. real right fielders I'd in right like field. I'd like a real right okay. fielder. And, and by that answer the question accounts, I had. I was just by curious. By all accounts, Oscar Colas is a legitimate outfielder. He's 24 years old. He's played the position. He's he's played some center field. I don't I don't know that he would, he would be good at center field in the major leagues, but I think that... He is a serviceable right fielder. Remember, his nickname had been Cuban Otani. He's got a very strong arm for a, uh, a guy playing. You need a strong arm well, in right field. To, he's got a lot of the traits. He's a left-handed bat. I, I think, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No,
0: to your point, the fact that he was in center field for any period of time tells you he's just a, a tremendous athlete, and I think you right. need that. In this new age of baseball, where there's going to be a lot more contact just because of all the new rules. You need
3: guys that can flat out run and catch the ball in right, the outfield. Right. You need outfielders in the outfield. How hard is that, right? And whether you want to say, you know, since Jermaine Dye or Alex Rios, or the White Sox haven't had a right fielder in far too long. So the idea that they have a prospect, and I'm, I'm you know, he's 24, that is ready to con- contribute is, a, is excellent, and I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's really difficult when you have a ton of people starting at different positions. I think that this guy is working hard because he wants to be good, and I think he's going to be good, and and that's why they drafted him as high as they did. And uh, here's hoping that he has a great year. So, I, I like the idea that he's comfortable in the spot. And you're right, the manager doesn't come out and say this guy this 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 guy's a total layabout. He would not work <laughs> if you he, he demands that they cart him out there. He won't. I mean, come on. But if, if he did. But I mean, th- it's spring training, so everybody is busting their tail every time they go out there, and everybody's in the greatest condition of their life. Did you see the weight that guy put on? Oh, is this going to be special?
0: It's like it's like as soon as someone undergoes a medical procedure in sports, the first thing you read in, in the, the release is successful surgery. They never tell you if there was yeah. a complication until
4: all of a sudden, Lonzo Ball's out for the entire yeah. year?
1: He had another one? Well, if I start making your guys' money, I can answer these
4: questions. Ah, the voice of David Ross will be with the guys, 840 this morning. Make yourself a note. Set yourself a reminder. Are you pumped up to see Marcus Stroman followed by Adrian Sampson for the Cubs on Saturday? How do you feel about Caleb Killian telling The Athletic that his mechanics changed last year as he dealt with left knee tendinitis? Has he fallen behind the other pitching prospects right now? Can he get back on the radar?
3: Um, I, I am pumped up. I like Marcus Stroman, and I want to see the sinker sinking, and I want to see uh, some good defense behind him. So, yeah, I think that's good. I like Adrian Sampson, too, so I'm looking forward to seeing the Cubs on Saturday, uh, even if it's only through the radio, but they, they will paint the picture for me, and I will see it in my mind's eye. Um, how do I feel about Caleb Killian? You know, he he really had a lot of juice last year, because I don't know that he was expected to be the kind of dominant pitcher that he looked like uh, down in the minor leagues and then he came up and he struggled and um, and maybe he's fallen off the radar a little bit and I haven't heard him mentioned as much about that. I found it interesting that the left knee tendonitis impacted his mechanics and I, I hope that he gets back to the position he was in before because we thought for a while there that he was a guy you had to get up and into the major leagues and I love when you have guys like that.
4: So I'm excited. The Cubs baseball is going to be back on the air and we can listen to it. We can watch it depending on, on where we're at this weekend. That's, that's exciting. It means we're just that much closer than putting this weather that we've had the last couple of days in the rearview mirror. And it's supposed to get back to the forties on Saturday and Sunday. So I say, bring it, um, you know, I'm a little bit disappointed that Marcus Stroman didn't show up for Cubs con. I'm not thrilled. Marcus Stroman is pitching in the world baseball classic. Um, yeah, fine. Adrian Sampson. You know, the Cubs have some depth at pitching. They, they have a lot of pitchers. Now, they're looking still, I believe, for an ace. Or I think they got a real strong three, fourth, and fifth starter type guys right now. I think they're still looking for the ones and the twos. Uh, hopefully, Jamison Tyon can be a, a, a really solid two. Then you're still looking for a one. But if Stroman can bring it, then bring it. Um, and that gets into, you know, Caleb Killian. They don't need him right now. Yeah, right now, right this second, they don't need him. So um, hopefully he can get back to what has worked for him in the past. Hopefully the knee is recovering, and, and he'll be good to go if he's needed later on in the season.
0: Think about every power pitcher that you have a snapshot image in your head of over the course of Major League Baseball history with the power guys, and Killian is one of them. It always starts with the lower body. So mm-hmm. if something is wrong with your lower body, It definitely is going to impact your confidence in what you can throw and the location of the stuff that you can throw. So I do think that was a big deal, and hopefully you can get back on track. But I know the Cubs are still high on him. There's a lot to like. Even even when we saw him briefly at the major league level, you saw the flashes. I mean, this city went bananas when you saw four good games out of the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. So imagine if you see – if you look – at what Caleb Killian was able to do last year, the good stuff. It it makes you dream of, of just what an ace this guy can be. That's one thing. Let's put it aside for now. The other thing, Dustin talked about he doesn't like Marcus Stroman pitching in the World Baseball Classic. I love it. Here's why. Because it forces you to be a level ahead. So by the time the regular season starts, you're already used to pitching in big games. You don't have to ramp it up and slowly work your way into being a, a premier performer immediately strowman will already be there for some players i don't know if the world baseball classic is the best idea because you're trying to get used to all these new rules that major league baseball is implementing but when it comes to strowman he's a fast worker pitch timer is not going to impact him i actually like the fact that you have your best pitcher pitching in big games right from the get-go as for Samson, he could be a huge piece in the early going of this season. We know Kyle Hendricks isn't going to be ready to go at the start of the season as he works his way back from injury. If Samson, who basically changed everything about him mechanically as a pitcher to become a guy who has wowed the Cubs over the last couple of years, if he can continue what he did last season, which is an ERA of 3.11, if he's that type of pitcher early on this year, I think, in my opinion, he would be the favorite to be uh, the number five starter. And you have Wisniewski kind of working his way in slowly out of that's the pen guy. and maybe uh,
4: uh, as a
3: yeah, as a spot that's, starter. That's the guy. That's my This guy. will be a pick six.
1: There's your ball game.
4: All right, what do you make of uh, new Broncos head coach Sean Payton hiring a 28-year-old Davis Webb, who spent last year as Daniel Jones' backup with the Giants, as the new QB coach for 34-year-old Russell Wilson? He's a bag of potatoes body, right? Yeah, wasn't that, age didn't we anything? hear that yesterday? That was so funny, right? It was great. Is any age anything but a number in coaching?
0: I'm trying to think about this. I'm I'm giving myself a little bit of time here. Yeah. Because I'm trying to think. Is there anything that Davis Webb can teach Russell Wilson?
3: Well, that's good.
0: And and the answer is no but I don't think that the quarterback's coach is going to be working with Russell Wilson. I think Sean Payton is going to be working with Russell Wilson. Where I do think Davis Webb has an impact, and this is where being young, you're seeing it around the league. Shane Steichen was a very young offensive coordinator, but look at the guys that he's worked with over the course of his brief career, whether it's Justin Herbert, immediate success, or you talk about the success that he had revolutionizing Jalen Hurts. Because initially, Nick Sirianni was... the the offensive mind, right? He was the play caller in Philadelphia when he was hired as head coach. And about halfway into last season, they scrapped that. Steichen took over, and Jalen Hurst emerged as the guy that that he's been over the last year and a half. And then I look at our, our good friend, Brian Greasy, who left the television booth and went and became the quarterback's coach in San Francisco. And nearly everybody that's played quarterback in san francisco except for trey lance has been able to have success running that offense and i think the fact that he took brock purdy as mr irrelevant and made him very relevant last season it just goes to show you that's what the quarterbacks coach has to do you're working with the backup quarterbacks and you're preparing them to understand the offense in the event that your starter gets hurt and you need something from that reserve quarterback
4: Well, I think Davis Webb has uh, Brian Dayball stink on him, and maybe that's what they're looking for. And Mike Kafka. And Mike Kafka. Like, they they really, you know, people like what the Giants did on offense, okay? Also, you know, Davis Webb being 28, he can, as the quarterback's coach, he could probably still sling it. He can probably move around Mm -hmm. a little bit where Sean Payton can't, and maybe Sean Payton can show Russell Wilson, like, hey, I'm getting Davis Webb to do these things that I want you to do. I, I don't think Davis Webb is going to be the one whispering into uh, Russell Wilson's ear, if you will. But I think it's it's high praise for Davis Webb when somebody like Sean Payton, who has all the respect in the world as an offensive guy in the NFL, like that's his choice. But I think you know he's the guy. Sean Payton's the guy. Sean Payton's going to be calling the play. Sean Payton's going to be doing the talking. You know, I think the other story that came out of Denver is even more the the former coach of the team is back as the defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph. That, that was kind of like, Hmm, that's interesting. Like didn't see that one coming as we thought that maybe, uh, the Rex Ryan was going to come out of, uh, the four letter network and go back into coaching. So Vance Joseph back as the DC and he was the former Broncos head coach at one time.
3: Yeah. I I think, uh, Zach hit, uh, correctly, I think that this is not about coaching uh, Russell Wilson. It's about coaching the next guy, and they will be getting somebody in there. What's weird to me is he's 28, and he he just served as a backup quarterback. Is there more money in backup quarterback than there is in, in QB coach? I would think so, and Davis Webb has never really uh, made massive dough. I, I wonder why he wants to get into coaching as opposed to trying to hold on who was who's the quarterback that's played for 15 years and has money chase daniel yes yes how much money has he made we went over that one time it's absurd why wouldn't you want to play for as long as you wanted to why do you want to rush to get the coach
0: have you seen this walmart money
3: okay okay that's good i like that answer if if they're paying them, then I guess I don't have a complaint. Uh, by the way, that
0: also works for Vance Joseph and why he's back in Denver.
3: There you go. It's a lot of cash. I like it. Forty-one someday, million. Someday there'll be. Uh, someday there'll be maybe money here. I, although I saw Jeff Bezos is uh, getting together some something for the Washington bid. Right. Mm-hmm. That's too bad. Not for Chico. Didn't you want him? Didn't Didn't we talk about him being here at one point? Wasn't that mentioned? Has got money to burn great business plan the sears catalog come to life the sears catalog online um you know what's great about that business plan is there's no competition like you look at all these other places and all these other guys that have made their money quick who's in competition with amazon they have buried everyone they are they stand alone as sort of a a, a monopoly in a way so that's a, a really good position to be in all right, 312, 644, 6767. The extra point is next, Illini fans. It's Mully and Haw on the score. When
1: you see him in person, it's like weird. He's like a sack of potatoes.
3: Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and
1: Haw on 670, the score.
4: What is your takeaway from the Illini coming down, back from down 18 at the half to going on and beating the number 21 Northwestern Wildcats, 66? to 62
3: yeah i think it's a really good win for illinois it was a very necessary win for illinois they just want to make sure that they're uh in the conversation with the possibility of being uh uh, of getting the the uh the double buy in the conference tournament you know you want to do well in the conference tournament in order to ensure that you have a higher um trip into the ncaa's and uh I think both programs are going to be in the NCAA tournament. I just wonder where. I, I do wonder um, – I, I, I do think it matters. I do think that uh, the positioning in the tournament is important and uh, you want to make sure that, uh, that you're in a decent spot. I think it's going to be a really interesting tournament. I think it's going to be wide open this year. But um, I, don't, I don't think that this is as damaging to Northwestern. Uh, as it would have been to Illinois, especially if they had blown them out in the way that they started to do. So it's a it's a good comeback victory for the Illini, and you know that guy always does a good job, but maybe more so this year than we've seen uh, in a while. Certainly better than a lot of guys that have relied on the transfer portal. You know the the a lot of the transfer portal teams, and you know when you get three your three leading. Scorers out of the transfer portal, that would indicate that you're, that you're using it uh, quite effectively. Um, but a lot of those teams have struggled. And I believe um, an example would be Georgetown, who were ranked fourth in terms of, of what they got out of the portal. And they are terrible. So I, I, I do uh, uh, salute uh, uh, the, uh, the good job that, uh, that that coach has done yet again with those uh, transfer guys.
4: Well, it was a tale of two halves. There's yes. no doubt about that. And we talked about it yesterday. It was, in my opinion, a, a statement game for Northwestern and a, and a must-win for the Illini. And, um, you know, Boo Booey, if you weren't aware of him, kind of introduced himself to all college basketball fans in Big Ten country. You know, the career high looked really good. Um, and we talked about the importance of, of senior or upperclassmen guards in the NCAA tournament, that they've got one. And, you know, my biggest takeaway, though, from that game is I'm still wondering out loud whether either one of these two teams can, you know, win on a Saturday or a Sunday in the NCAA tournament. Maybe they can win on a Thursday or a Friday. Not sure either one of these teams can win on a Saturday. Or a Sunday. And here's the other thing. I'm very curious to see how Northwestern responds on the road to Maryland, which is another Mm -hmm. very good under-the-radar team in the Big Ten and not an easy place to play. So Sunday's game against Maryland is one to watch.
0: Yeah, Maryland has had a resurgence under Kevin Willard in his first year as the coach of the Terps. I I think when I look at Northwestern, I'm not as worried about you. I I think they've got the things that you need to advance to the Sweet 16. Because you're talking about winning two games, right, to get to the Sweet 16. And I I think just based on the way this will probably map out, the first couple of rounds for Northwestern will either be in Des Moines or Columbus, so you'll be able to get some of your fans uh, to to come in and and watch those games. Northwestern plays great defense. That has never stopped, even yesterday. Yeah, they ran into a really hot score in the second half with – Terrence Shannon lighting it up, scoring 24 of his 26 points in that second half. But the reason Northwestern lost that game yesterday wasn't because of the defense. It's just because one of the guys who's been a steady performer in the backcourt, Boo Booey, was phenomenal. But the other guy who's been part of that dynamic duo in the backcourt, Chase Audige, did not give them what they needed offensively yesterday but they have great defense everyone at Northwestern understands the role that they need to play in order for that team to be successful so for example they've lost three really good recruits to the transfer portal over the last three years whether it's Miller Kopp who went to Indiana Pete Nance left Ryan Young left but yet they were able to to handle that because they have the experience backcourt there are very few teams in college basketball that have experienced guys in the backcourt that have played together for a while northwestern has that and, and molly you talked about the transfer portal that's just the way it's going to be yeah the rest of the way yeah so the best teams going forward are going to be the teams that are able to navigate through that meaning you have a system as a coach that you trust and You're able to properly identify who can fit into your scheme immediately out of the transfer portal. And then don't be fooled by the regular season record. What you're looking for is can you make that thing mesh beginning now as you make that stretch run into your conference tournament and then ultimately the NCAAs.
3: Zach, you know, we've talked about it in the college football programs how you not only need like a recruiting coordinator, it's almost like you need a pro personnel director too, right? So the the answer to like your college scout would be your pro personnel director, so you need somebody that and you in football more so than in basketball, but that is a very important market, if you will, in which to draw talent from
0: and it's very difficult to succeed. I think that's one of the reasons that over the last few years you've seen some of the legends of this game. Leave the game, yeah. whether it's Shabevsky well, and Jay Wright and yeah. Roy Williams. Yeah. Now you see Mike Bray deciding to leave Notre Dame. I, I just think the landscape is changing, and the sport is changing. The, the powers that we used to think of may change in college basketball because the NIL as well.
3: Yeah, it's very interesting. Okay, three, one, two, six, forty-four, sixty-seven, sixty-seven. We have Zach Saban with us today. It's Mullion on the score. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio six seven to the score, and we are delighted to have Zach Saban in today. David taking a well earned day off, um, and uh, Zach, I'm just curious. So I get up in the morning and I go through all the uh, the headlines and I do all the uh, uh, the kind of um, research that I enjoy doing before we get on the air. And I I read overnight that uh, there are reports Patrick Kane. To the um, uh, to New York, that, that he's going to be traded to the uh, to the Rangers. After all, um, th- it's not finalized yet. We know that uh, the 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 trade deadline is March third, so we're inching ever closer. Um, but the idea was that um, Kane that that is the team he wants to go to. He's obviously scoring goals and he's playing very well and they're going to get a third team involved to eat some of the money. The Blackhawks will eat some of the money, and they have a couple of prospects that will come over in that trade for Patrick Kane because uh, I believe the Rangers are all out of draft picks after uh, after making uh, some moves already. So I, I'm just curious, any surprise at that report? Any surprise that it's that team? And, um, and given the way – Kainer has been playing, what will the impact be on the Blackhawks?
0: You know, I don't want to see him get traded. Yes, I because don't Because he's been such a special – we we often use – overuse the word great when it right. comes to sports. Patrick Kane has been great, truly, genuinely great over the course of his career, and he's such an important player in the history of the Chicago sports landscape. Mm. But there's an inevitability, I think, that he's going to be traded between now and the deadline on March 3rd. I actually spoke to David yesterday Mm -hmm. because I I told him, I know you're off, but if this should happen during your show, (laughs) that I'm going to ask Molly and Dustin to give you a call and put you on the air. I hope it doesn't
3: happen. Yeah, I I mean... There's no way we wouldn't
0: you know, and i I know David is in his darkness retreat this weekend. but
3: that's not true
0: if it happens, <laughs> that's very funny you know and and by the way, you asked about the Rangers. I don't think it's it's a surprise. I think if you if you truly have aspirations of doing big things,
3: you want Patrick Kane on your team, don't you? Especially the way he's playing now. Um, yeah, no question that, uh, and you know, he can, he can reunite with Artemi Panera in there. The bread man? Um, the bread man, as you say, Cuckoo kachu. Oh no, that's not the bread man. The walrus? Cuckoo Cachoo. Panera
0: uh, is what, Latin for bread?
3: E- yes. It's, he, he's Panera. Panera. Yeah. Yeah. It's a place. Panera is a place in Chicago, although... I don't know if this is still the case, but I traveled to St. Louis, and we went to the St. Louis Bread Company, which is known as Panera everywhere else in the country. I don't know if it started there. It did. It it did it, Uh and then why is it the St. Louis Bread Company? Why? Why wouldn't it be known as Panera everywhere? I
0: I think they felt that the St. Louis Bread Company would not be a name;
3: it wouldn't sell. That National. would work well okay. say
0: in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. Chicago, Illinois. New York, New York.
3: Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so uh so it looks as if there will indeed be a trade of uh Patrick Kane. And again, he is uh he is in control of that. He can determine if or uh, if he does not want to be traded, he has to approve any trade. He has a a no-trade clause, and apparently the team he's approved to trade to is the Rangers, and there is compensation being talked about, and there is apparently a deal in the works. Mm. So, good for him. If that's where he wants to go, That that then they, they should let him do that. And they believe they're going to lose him anyway without compensation, so they're willing to play ball and try to get some prospects out of that deal as opposed to draft picks.
0: I mean, you had this... This unbelievable era that took place with the Mm -hmm. Blackhawks. Yes, and poof.
3: But yeah, what's happening there? Well, I mean, uh, are you saying, you know, I don't understand what you're saying. I I, they they, kind of aged out and they're gone. Or are you saying I I don't know what what's what's the the Kyle Beach situation? You fired all the people that were. They're pretty much when and rightfully that went down. rightfully yeah. so that, I don't that know what you happen. mean by the what, poop. what I mean
0: is what's what's the the plan here to well, put together the kind of team you need to compete at a high level
3: Well they're they're tanking I thought that I thought we understood that was the plan and that was what was ongoing and they have I believe nine draft picks over the next two drafts in the first and second round that's a lot and they they're planning on drafting their way out of it and and getting a bunch of young guys and trying to trying to start from scratch with that. I,
0: I the reason I ask the question is because there doesn't seem to be a sense of enthusiasm about the tank job taking place with the Blackhawks that there was this past season when it came to the Bears from a football standpoint. I find that interesting. Or when the Cubs were trying to rebuild retool whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. for the second time to to put together the team that they've now started to to put together it, it is interesting
3: yeah i you know i think that there's a lot of buzz about the cubs this year because they've brought in some like real baseball players. familiar names but, yeah. but they the the big money spending was dansby swanson so he is the guy and then like the cody bellingers of the world the you know the whether it's Hosmer or you know, whoever you want to talk about being brought in to play first, that's, those, are, those are brief one-year contracts, well, right? You're, those you're, are prove-it kind it's, of deals.
0: It's, it's a bridge yes. that you're building yes. for some of the prospects that right. aren't ready to play at the major league level right now.
3: So where does Ian Happ fit into that?
0: I think Ian Happ is a guy who finally established himself as the kind of player the Cubs thought they were getting when they drafted him. Last year, he... He did it all. He was an all-star for the yeah, first time, yeah. gold-glove player. Is,
3: I, he gonna, is he going to go the way of the previous Cubs stars, or is he going to get a contract extension? We'll talk about that when we come back. We've got Zach Zabin with us. It's Molly and Hall on the score.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet?
1: Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.